0: In 1992, Queen Elizabeth gave a speech at the Guildhall in London which popularized the Latin term uh, Annus Horribles, which if you know your Latin means horrible year. And 1992 had indeed been a horrible year for the Queen. The relational fabric of her family was falling apart. Uh, that year, her daughter, Princess Anne divorced Captain Mark Phillips. Uh, her son, Prince Andrew, separated from his wife, her wife, his wife, the Duchess of York. Uh, details of the unhappy state of Prince Charles's marriages to Diana became public, and indeed also his affair with Camilla Parker Bowles. And finally, uh, to top it all, uh, four days before the Guildhall speech. Uh, there was a fire at Windsor Castle in the Queen's private residence. It had indeed been an Annus Horribilis, a horrible year, a dark valley for the Queen. Sooner or later, we will each of us have our own Annus Horribilis, a horrible time, a dark valley. Sooner or later, all of us will go through periods of our lives. Or those when our own lives or those of the lives we love will be through in hard times. It may be due to sudden illness. It may be caused by an unwelcome change in our circumstance. We may be confronted by opposition or depression, physical suffering or relational pain. You may be in such a dark valley at the moment. And therefore the question this morning is, what comfort does Psalm 23 give to the believer in such times? Uh, Last week, we looked at the first half of this famous psalm, and it reminded us of the priceless privilege we have when we trust in Jesus. We enter into a personal relationship with God. The image used in the psalm is very, very personal. It's of God as our shepherd and we being his sheep. And it uses very personal terms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And we saw last week the first half of the psalm outlines the shepherd's provision for his people, for his sheep. He equips them, he feeds them, and he wonderfully restores them. And now in verse 4 we move from the shepherd's provision to the shepherd's presence. The shepherd is always with his sheep. He travels with the believer along the road of life. And his presence is with us both in times of joy and light, but also in the times of sorrow and of darkness. And at this point in the psalm, there's a bit of a change of scene. The sheep has moved from the green pastures to the dark valley. Verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now in Palestine, there were these deep, dark ravines, and they were indeed dangerous places for the sheep to be. And so it is in the life of the believer. There are times when we find ourselves in the dark valley. And the big question then is this, why? What are the sheep doing there? Is it because they've wandered off? Is it because the shepherd has abandoned them? No, because the shepherd is there with them. As verse 4 says, for you are with me even in the dark valley. And therefore the point is this. The shepherd has led them there. The shepherd has led them into the dark valley. Why would he do that? Why would a good shepherd lead the sheep into a dark, dangerous valley, rather than just sticking to the green pastures and to the quiet waters? And the answer has to be this. That dark valley is only the route to a better destination. The shepherd wouldn't lead the sheep through a dark valley if on the other side there was just desert. He wouldn't do that. It must be that there is something even better at the end of that valley. So if you are being led through a dark valley at the moment, trust that the good shepherd is leading you somewhere better. It's for your good and it's for his glory, however painful it may be At the moment. As the sheep, we don't always know why the shepherd takes us through such times. And indeed, we may have to wait until we can look back from the vantage point of heaven before we fully understand. But we can be assured that he has good reason to take us through the dark valley. The better destination may be a deeper relationship with him. It may be Greater holiness, greater Christ-likeness. It may be that we become more useful in his kingdom purposes. We don't always know why, but we know we can trust the good shepherd for what he's doing when he brings us into a dark valley. And far from having abandoned us, we know that the Lord is with us then. He is at our side. As the psalm says, I will fear no evil for you Are with me. Don't know if you noticed, but the the he has now switched to a you. It's becoming very personal indeed. The previous verse was he. Uh, Verse 3 He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But now in the dark valley, it's closer. For you are with me. And that was David's experience. And the vibrance and the beauty of this psalm is a reflection of David's lifelong journey. David is speaking of his deep relationship with God that was formed over the span of the years. David isn't just one of these people who calls on God in a crisis and then forgets him for the rest of the time. David has pursued a relationship with God, and God has pursued him through the lows as well as the highs, through the valleys as well as on the mountaintops. And if we trust in Christ, that is our experience as well as we follow the Lord. He walks with us and he is always with us. He has given us his spirit and he will never, ever leave us. As we sung earlier in that beautiful hymn, great is your faithfulness. One of the lines is, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Uh, Last week I mentioned the Christian author Philip Keller. Uh, He has written a book on the Psalms, and this Psalm in particular, uh, drawing on his experience as a sheep rancher. He himself has been through his dark valleys. He shares in his book how he nursed his wife for two years before she died from cancer. He knew the Good Shepherd's presence with him through that dark valley. And he wrote, and I quote from his book, During my wife's illness and after her death, I could not get over the strength, the solace, and the serene outlook imparted to me virtually hour after hour by the presence of God's gracious Spirit himself. It was as if I was being repeatedly refreshed and restored despite the most desperate circumstances all around me. That was his experience. It was the experience of David and it's the experience of believers today. And of course one day each of us inevitably will face the dark valley of death itself. And one of the hardest things about death is that no one else can go with us through it. When you die, you leave behind those you love. They can't walk with you into that valley. And at the point of death, every other guide has to turn back and the traveler has to go alone. But if we know the Lord as our shepherd, he will walk with us through it and he will bring us safely out on the other side into his eternal kingdom. Nothing can separate us from him and from his love, not even death itself. Uh, This psalm would have comforted Jesus himself as he faced the cross, and it comforts us too as we one day will indeed face death. Some of you have your own experiences of this in your dark valleys. And indeed, the psalm goes on to explain why we have nothing to fear If the Lord is with us in the dark valley, because he protects us. The psalm says that he is armed and dangerous. Uh, Verse 4, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Uh, A shepherd actually did use these weapons to protect the sheep against attack. And so the Lord is with us to protect us against all enemies, both physical and spiritual. Now, you couldn't wish for a better minder, a better bodyguard than that. Uh, The evangelist and Christian leader David Watson wrote about his personal struggle with cancer, which ended in his death in 1984. And the book which he wrote is appropriately titled Fear, No Evil, taken from this psalm. And as we sing in that beautiful song, In Christ Alone, no power of hell, no scheme of death can ever pluck me from his hand. You may be somebody who says, the Lord was my shepherd. I used to follow him. Or you may be somebody who says, the Lord will be my shepherd one day when I'm less busy and have more time to think about such things. But the psalm says, no, make the Lord your shepherd today because no one else can provide what he can. And if we do know the Lord as our shepherd, the psalm says, encourage and pursue a closer walk with him. Forge the deeper level of relationship which will carry us through the dark valleys as well as accompanying us through the green pastures. And when we're in the dark valley, the psalm reminds us the Lord is with us He will never lead our side. He will never forsake us. He is watching over us. He is protecting us. And he will bring us safely out the other side. So firstly, uh, we have seen the Lord is my shepherd, whose presence is with me. And the second thing we see in these closing verses of the psalm is this. The Lord is my host, who bestows his blessing on me forever. It's interesting, when we get to verses 4, 5 to 6, there is a change of scene. In the end, uh, we aren't sheep, we are people. And there are limits to what you convey with this shepherd-sheep image. And so in these final verses, David leaves behind this image and he picks up a new one. The picture of a guest in the presence of the perfect host. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Now, if you came round to my house for a meal and I poured oil on your head, you probably wouldn 't thank me. but in those days, it was the thing which a good host did. Maybe you remember when Jesus goes to the house of Simon the Pharisee in Luke seven and Jesus rebukes him for not pouring oil on his head. And in contrast to Simon the Pharisee, the Lord is the perfect host, the loving host. The Lord is the one who prepares the table for the meal. The Lord is the one who anoints the guest's head with oil. And the Lord is the one who fills his cup to overflowing. Do you see the picture? It's a picture of how the Lord provides for us wonderfully, and generously and abundantly. He provides for us spiritually everything we need, and he welcomes us and he delights in us as the perfect host. Uh, when I was door-knocking uh, on the streets of Cherrybrook in December, I came to one house where I knew that I was off to a bad start even before I rang the bell. Uh, this was what confronted me on the doormat. Uh, oh no, not you again now. It didn't exactly communicate the vibe of welcome. But the Lord always welcomes us now when we come to him. He never puts out the doormat, oh no, not you again. The Lord never has off days when he's grumpy or had enough of seeing us. The Lord is the perfect host who delights to see us. And the Lord rejoices in us and he showers us in spiritual blessings. And one day, he will welcome us into his eternal kingdom. A recurring image in the Bible for heaven is that of a banquet, a great celebration. And it points us to that final day of an unending era of abundance and delight in God's presence. And there we will have unbridled fellowship and joy and friendship. And you know what? The Lord, our good shepherd, has gone ahead of us and he's gone to prepare the table for us. And did you notice something interesting in the psalm? Jesus prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Because the point is this, our enemies are not yet defeated. We are not yet in heaven and yet in some sense we can enjoy what we will experience then in full in part now. In this age, we struggle against the world, the flesh, and the devil, but even as they look on, we can rejoice at the table with the Lord. Uh, Open Doors is a Christian organisation which seeks to support the persecuted Christians throughout the world. Uh, Open Doors has the following to say about North Korea. Uh, North Korea is the most dangerous place in the world to be a Christian. The state has an iron grip on its citizens. Any who deviate from the two ideologies, which point firstly to man's self-sufficiency and secondly to the godlike worship of the nation's leader, are considered enemies of the state. Thousands of Christians are incarcerated in prison camps in North Korea. And while there are many secret believers, they face arrest, disappearance, torture or public execution if discovered. Open uh, Open Doors has recently published a book about the plight of Christians in Korea. It's called Friends Forever and it recounts real life stories. And one striking aspect of the book is the reality of the joy of those Korean believers in horrific circumstances, in the prison camps and in the labour camps those Christians are actually experiencing what that psalm talks about. They are in some way experiencing the joy by feasting at the table, the Lord's table, in the presence of their enemies. In part we experience it now, but on that final day, when we enter the glorious kingdom forever, we will experience it in full. And the Lord's total commitment to his people, it will never end. Verse 6. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Uh, Friends may blow hot and cold, but the Lord will never fail. The Lord's goodness and his love will pursue us throughout our lives. And the Lord pursues his people. And that is something to hold on to in difficult times. God is good to me and God loves me. And when things go wrong, we are often tempted, are we not, to think maybe God has stopped loving me, stopped being good to me. We're tempted to doubt. But this psalm reminds us, surely God's goodness and his love will pursue us and will follow us every day of our life. And if David was assured of that, how much more can we, living this side of the cross, be assured of that too? And verse 6 continues, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was the longing of David, to dwell in the house of the Lord, the temple. But it's not just a longing of David, because whereas for him that was the physical temple, for us this is the place where God will dwell with us forever. Heaven itself. And Jesus has gone ahead of us, and Jesus has gone to prepare a place For us. And friends, if we trust in Christ, that is our hope. That is our destination. That is our eternal home. And there we will be with the shepherd in person, the one whom we know in spirit now. A friend of mine recently bought an aquarium. Uh, He was a complete novice to all things fishy, and so he thought he needed some advice as to what to do with these, uh, these fish. And so he got out uh, this trusty guidebook called All About Your Goldfish. And all was revealed when he got to chapter six, which was entitled Home at Last. Well, I'm not sure whether the fish really saw it that way, but that is how the Bible sees our eternal future Home at Last. I've already referred to David Watson. He spent his final days at home being nursed by his wife, Anne. And late on the evening of Friday the 17th of February, 1984, he said to Anne, I'm very tired. I want to go home. I want to go home. And he died peacefully very early the next morning. And he was at home with the Lord. And that is the wonderful perspective that we have as people who trust in Jesus. Heaven is ultimately our home. And it's there on the horizon of our lives every step of the way. And therefore, as we enter this new year, as we enter 2016, friends, we don't know what lies ahead. This year ahead may be a year of sunlit highlands for us. Or it may be a year of a annus horribilis. We do not yet know. But we know this. We trust in Christ. He is our good shepherd and he goes with us into this year. And we know this, therefore, from the psalm. God is faithful. He cares for his people. He leads his people for their good and for his glory. And therefore, like David, we can be assured as we enter this new year of God's compassion and of his generosity and of his presence with us. And therefore, if David was here today he would say, I hope my experience is your experience. He would say, I hope that this year you will go deeper in your experience with the Good Shepherd and you will enjoy that solace which comes from walking every day in the hands of the Good Shepherd. And that indeed is what the psalm encourages us to do, to go deeper this year, to pray to God, please give me a deeper experience of you this year. Help me to be refreshed from your word and to get to know you in a deeper way, which translates into a real sense of your presence in my everyday life. And if you haven't yet trusted in Jesus as your good shepherd, why not make 2016 the year that revolutionises your life and your eternity? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the truths of this psalm. And we do pray that they would become increasingly real for each of us here. That as we enter this new year, you would give us a deeper sense of your presence with us. That we would deepen our relationship with you and our understanding of all that you've done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Please help us to enter this year and to continue through it, joyfully walking through it, in your presence. And we ask this all in the name of our Lord and Saviour. Amen.